Luke 15, 11, Jesus tells a parable about a father and his two sons. One of his sons who worked for him in the fields uh, came to him and said, Father, I, I would like to have my inheritance early um, so I can enjoy it. And his father gives him his inheritance and he goes to the city and, and he spends it uh, not very wisely. And during that time, a famine comes over the land and he finds himself... Um, in need of food and money, and he gets a job working with pigs. And as he's working with the pigs, he reflects and thinks, even my servants back at my father's house eat better than I'm eating. Um, I'll go back, and I'll apologize to my father, and I will ask to be one of his servants. And, and so he returns to, to his father's home, and his, his dad's actually watching for him as he returns, and he runs out to him, and he embraces him, and he, he gives him a hug and a kiss, and he puts a robe on his back, and he gives him a ring, and he gives him sandals, and he tells his servants, go get the fatted calf. Uh, it's time to celebrate. My son was lost, but now he's found. Uh, the other son, the brother, uh, was coming in from the field and he saw that there was something happening at the house and he asked what was going on and when he found out he got really angry and he refused to go in the home and so the father came out and said to him you know what is the issue why are you so upset and and, and the son says I've been faithful to you I have I never um, left I didn't take any of your money and, and spend it poorly like like my other brother and yet you haven't celebrated me like this ever I've never had this type of thing happen and the father says to him, son, don't you realize that everything I have is yours? But your brother, he was, he was dead and now he's alive. He was lost and now he's found. And we're to celebrate that. And, and we read that story and you've probably heard that parable before. And many times we look at the, 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 the prodigal sons and we say, what an amazing story of redemption. What an amazing story of someone's life being turned around completely. Or, or maybe we look at the other brother and say um, his grumbling and his stubbornness uh, was keeping him from his true relationship with his father. But I believe as you look at that story, uh, the true point of emphasis in that story, the one that is the hero, the one that we should look at is the father. And today as we celebrate Father's Day and we think about the role of the father uh, in, in, in our community and in our homes, uh, we see that Jesus is giving the example of this is how God is. This is the character of God, that he loves us this way as a father loves a son and has patience and, and is waiting, uh, waiting at the door, never giving up on his, his son to come back and, and receiving his son with such love and mercy. And then even having patience with his other son and, and really trying to communicate that the, the true value, the true treasure is us being together in relationship. And this morning as we celebrate Father's Day together and we celebrate the dads in our lives, um, I, I know uh, for many of us this is a, is, is a challenging day. It's an encouraging day. There's a lot of different emotions that go with this day. Some of us, our fathers have, have gone on to be with the Lord. Some of us never had fathers. Some of us didn't have great fathers. And so this day can be challenging. And yet we see this picture of what God wants to be as our father, a loving father. Um, and I think that is where we can find hope. That is where we can find peace. And that is where we can find solace in a time like this that we're living in. Um, as we can conclude our series, uh, how to be spiritually healthy in a, in a time of quarantine, how to be spiritually healthy in quarantine, as we're coming out of this and, and um, as we move back into the building and we regather uh, at the church, I think it's important for us to consider uh, what are we looking to for our hope? 
How will we return? How will we um, stay spiritually healthy after the quarantine? How will we do this? And I, I think this example that Christ gave and, and Luke is a good point of reference for us. But that's where as we finish out the, uh, James and we finish out this series, kind of bringing it all together, my hope is that God speaks to you and he reveals himself to you so that you would feel the depth of his love and the desire he has to, to welcome you every single day uh, and, and, and hug you and, and, and encourage you, letting you know that you're valuable to him. So let's pray. <sighs> Father God, you are awesome. You are, you're merciful. You're gracious. And as, as um, you revealed yourself through the story of the prodigal son, that, that you have patience with us, um, that you have mercy for us, that you have grace for us, and that you have a deep love and desire for us to be with you and to be in relationship with you. And so this morning, as, as we gather um, online and, and we worship you together, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would encourage us. I lift up the fathers um, that are watching. I lift up the fathers of our community. I pray that you would encourage them today. I lift up the families uh, today as, as they celebrate and, and have um, times together. I pray that you would bless those. Lord, I pray as we discuss this topic and, and as we um, come to the end of James, that you would continue to speak truth into our hearts, into our minds, give us wisdom and discernment. And Lord, we ask that you would guide this conversation as we look at uh, the book of James together. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we conclude the book of James, we're going to be looking at James chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. And I think it's important in, in a context sense to recognize that James was all in. I mean, as he wrote this book, he was being persecuted. And, and historically, based on church history, we know that, that James was either uh, stoned to death for his faith, or he was actually pushed off the precipice um, in the temple. And, and that either way, it was a horrible death. He was a martyr. And, he was, and that all happened because he was so committed to sharing this, this gospel, sharing this good news with us and encouraging us to live it out. And, and some of the major important points that he gives us as we go through the book that, that are so helpful and, and so poignant for us as we've gone through just recognizing to consider it pure joy when you're going through all kinds of trials that that produces perseverance. And that today, you know, as we go through this 2020 year and, and so many things have happened, so many challenges have arisen that we did not foresee. Uh, James talks about the, the idea that we don't know what tomorrow will bring. And that's, that's been more true this year than ever. And I think it's important for us to recognize, even when James says, even in those moments where we're, we're trying to take in what's going on around us, he, he reveals a, a mirror where God is showing us the things he wants us to work on, showing us the things he wants us to change. And some of those things are, are not um, showing favoritism or, or not treating people who are different than us uh, with, without dignity. And, and I think last week, as we heard uh, from Giles and Eric, just that 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 conversation about the importance of, of race and, and us being connected and valuing each other and the importance for us to live into that today. Um, I also believe that, that James is saying life is a vapor and we need to take advantage of the days that we have and we need to be motivated and encouraged during this time. And, and as we come to the conclusion, James really pushes to this emphasis of prayer. And I would say as, as I have been considering where is God leading us as a church and, and where should we focus our energy and attention, I believe that God really, truly wants us to be committed to him in prayer. I think that needs to be an emphasis throughout all of the areas of our church and our personal lives and our family lives that prayer is going to lead us to action. 
And prayer is gonna connect us to God's heart. And, and I believe that's where James is, is teaching as he fi- finalizes his book. Uh, so that's where we'll begin, James 5, 13. It says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. And as I was thinking about that idea, do you feel that tension, right? That, that trouble that seems to be around us? Do you sense that there's trouble? Um, what do you do? Where do you go? How do you react? And here James is saying, when you feel that tension, when you sense trouble, pray. And I think as we look back over the book of, of James, we, we recognize that the things we should be praying for is wisdom and discernment. I think sometimes we jump to, God, take this trouble from me. Take this issue away from me. Um, help me uh, to, to not have to deal with this anymore. And sometimes that's not God's plan for us. Um, sometimes God wants to take us through uh, challenges so that we can, we can persevere and we can build um, character. And I know uh, sometimes we can, we can be in the midst of a trial. We can be in the midst of a challenge. And maybe God says, you know, I have a 40-day challenge I'm going to put you through. And you're on day 39 and you're ready to quit. You're ready to give up. I would encourage you to persevere, to pray, to take these moments when you sense that, when you sense that challenge and, and you know that you need to persevere. The power to persevere is found when you stop and pray and ask the Lord for wisdom, ask the Lord for power, ask the Lord to help you persevere. He continues on, he says, is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is if, if you're finding joy in life, if God is doing something special in your life, what is the song that's coming out of, of, from within you, your heart? What is that song of joy, of praise? It, it's interesting that he's pointing that at God. He's saying, when you have happiness in your life, how do you reflect that on God? How do you direct that towards God? Verse 14, he goes on to say, is anyone among you sick? Let them call on the elders of the church to pray over them and to anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, in this time, in this place in history, uh, especially where James is writing this, uh, olive oil was used as a, a medical uh, help or a procedure to, to help with wounds and, and to, to help with healing. And so there was this idea of the physical and the spiritual coming together. In many ways, that, that oil uh, was symbolic of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit covering us and, and healing us and bringing us to a place of uh, completion. And, and I don't think what James is saying here is every time you do it, it's going to work. It's not a magic trick. It's not a genie in the bottle. What it is is you're coming to God and you're coming with other believers and you're coming with not just um, the church, but some of the leaders of the church, the elders of the church. And we're saying, God, we are pursuing you in this. We are committing this to you. And whatever your will is in it, we desire that. And we ask, Lord, that if it would be your will to heal then you would heal. But if you don't heal, that you would help us to trust you that your way is best and that your plan is better than ours. And so if you're dealing with sickness, if you're dealing with that type of challenge in your life, would you be willing to come to the church, to come to those that are uh, committed to the Lord and allow them to pray for you, to allow them to pray with you in dealing with that challenge? And then in verse 16, it says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for others so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And here James says there's power when we confess sin, when we're willing to humble ourselves. And I think throughout all the book of James, there's this concept or this, this teaching that we need to focus in on of humility. Am I willing to humble myself before God? Am I willing to humble myself with other followers of, of Christ? 
and repent of the things I know that I'm, I'm doing outside of God's will, that I am, um, a, I'm going after those things. And, and I know that that's not what God wants me to go after or allow into my life or the things that I haven't done that I know I should do. And James is saying, when you do that, when you have that experience, when you open yourself, and, and it's a vulnerability. I, I, this is absolutely a place where you have to be vulnerable and say, I'm not perfect. I have things in my life that I know are not right. Am I willing to admit that to God and ask him to, to come into me and clean me and, and to, to really change me? And am I willing to partner with others in, in, in asking God to, to, to do that? Because he's saying, when you do that, there's power there's power because it brings righteousness. It brings right relationship with God. And it brings power into your life. It brings power into what God is doing in your family, in your neighborhood, in your community. And I truly believe that's where God wants us to focus our hearts, our minds, and our actions. Is that if we begin at that place of vulnerability to him and trusting him, coming to him humbly and saying, God, I'm completely committed to you. I need you to do this work in my life. I need you to, to move and, and bring peace and bring hope and bring joy and help me to persevere and move forward. And here are the things, Lord, I know that I've held on to that I no longer want to hold on to. We're told here that righteous person, there's power and it is effective. And so this morning as we f finish up the book of James and, and he's had a lot of challenging things to say to us and as we brought, brought it full circle to this point of, of praying and action and, and living it out, uh, it's really listening to God. What is God saying to you? Throughout all of scripture, we've, we see that, that God speaks to our hearts. Um, he, doesn't, he doesn't speak in the earthquake. He doesn't speak in the tornado. He doesn't speak in the fire. He speaks in that still small whisper in our hearts, in our souls. And what is he saying to you? What is he revealing to you? I believe that every time we gather and we focus on God's word and, and we ask him to speak to us, that he will, if we're willing to listen. And so what is he saying to you this morning? Maybe right now it's just, you need to give your life to Christ. You need, you've been holding on and, and you know that, that he's speaking directly to you and saying, I, I want you to give your life to me. I, I wanna be your savior. I want you to come back to me as your father and I will embrace you. Would you be willing to do that today? Uh, we're told that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. That is a promise that he makes to us. Would you be willing to do that? If you do do that, I would ask that you would reach out to us, that you would let us know that that's the decision you've made uh, we, we wanna come alongside, we wanna encourage. You can go to gaten.church slash connect. Please let us know. We wanna be there with you. We wanna walk beside you. We wanna encourage you and give you resources on how to grow. One of the things we talk about here at Gaten a lot is being a disciple who makes disciples of all generations. And, and being a disciple just means being a student of Jesus. Once you come to know him, you grow in him and you become like him and you obey what he taught and you live like he lived. And that's our encouragement. But for that to happen, I think, for all of us every day, a sense of confession. Maybe today there's something, a burden that you've been carrying. Maybe there's something um, that you've been holding against someone or, or anger that, that just seems to rile up in with you. And you need to confess that and you need to get right so that, so that your prayer can be powerful. And so I would encourage you today, if the, if the spirit of God is speaking to your heart right now, be honest. Confession is, is, is just revealing to God your heart that you need healing and you need change. 
And so as, as we finish this um, series on quarantine Christianity, how to be spiritually healthy in a time of quarantine, as we come out of that and we go back to some regularity, maybe, hopefully, will we prepare ourselves by being open to the Lord? Will we pray and then act? Will we follow his calling in our life? I believe it's clear from what James has been telling us that God is actively seeking you in your best and worst days. And I would encourage you, encourage you to listen and allow him to come live in you and guide you, give you wisdom and discernment so that you can live out all of your days in obedience to him. Well, for, here, for us here at Gaten, uh, we believe it's important to partner together. We believe this is such a valuable time as we worship together. Um, and each Sunday as we, as we gather large, uh, we want to worship God through singing, through looking at his word, and also through giving. And so as we come into this time of generosity and, and we ask the Lord, what would you have me give? How can I be part of your kingdom? How can I be obedient to what you've called me to as a believer? Uh, we know scripture says for, uh, and as an example in the Old Testament, that 10% of what I earn is what, the God, it was what God asks of me. And, and so we would just have you uh, ask the Lord, what is he asking of you? What is he encouraging you with, with your heart? If you're just checking us out or you're a guest, uh, we have no expectation for you to give. We're so glad you joined us. Uh, we think it's important for us each week to gather, to worship, and then connect together and pray with each other and have those opportunities um, to build deep, meaningful spiritual relationships. And so now as we go into our final song, my encouragement to you, what is God teaching you? What is he showing to you? What is he saying to you? What passions is he stoking? Uh, what things is he calling you to take action on today? And so as we sing, let's allow the Lord to speak to us.